have to win there. Painter understands oh, it. Oh, anybody? God, I can't see the masses. Trying to save it. Jump ball here. And kept in play by Edwards. What a great numbers. Take the numbers. Edwards steps it in. Good evening, everyone. It is Thursday, November 30th. You're listening to another episode of the Boiler Breakdown Podcast. As you can tell by my voice, I am not Tanner Lee. Um, I'm Evan Webb. I'm back on the pod. Um, and I'm joined here tonight by our my co-host, Andrew Eiler. Eiler, how's it going tonight? You're all right. How are you? Back in the States. Back in the States, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was gone on the honeymoon over in uh, Italy, and it was a fun time. Missed some really good games, though. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, you did. I think I don't know if you missed them though, because you were texting us at what, like three a.m. your time. Yeah, let's see. I know the. I'm trying to remember, Xavier game was probably around uh, two or three in the morning. Uh, appreciated, Boiler Max. Um, I remember the first Maui, the Gonzaga game was, I think, like 11 o'clock. I think actually, maybe, maybe so was. No, the Xavier game was late. So that was like a seven o'clock tip. So that would have been super late for me. Um, Zara, Gonzaga was like 11 p.m. my time. Tennessee was two in the morning. I almost stayed up for that. And I, I woke up like right when it ended. And, and I couldn't sleep because I was too pumped. And then the, uh, Marquette game was 11 o'clock my time, too. I kind of just follow along the ESPN app. But, yeah, pretty eventful. I know Tanner did a really good job with a kind of a post-Maui solo pod. Um, he couldn't do this night. He's a little under the weather. Uh, he might be joining us in the comments, though. Yeah. Um, but since then, uh, big game on Saturday where we saw the Boilers take down the Indiana Hoosiers in a battle of the suckiest teams in the state, I guess. Uh, both teams – what three and not, uh, three and eight going into the game? Yeah. Um, so the Boilers come out victorious uh, by a final score. Um, God, where was the score? Thirty-five, uh, thirty-five, thirty-one. Thirty-five, thirty-one. Um, would you say this was Hudson Card's best game? I don't know. I thought Minnesota played really well too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's what I I read that after, and they were like, "Oh, the Hudson Card game," and I was like, "Yeah, maybe," but. Like, I thought he played really well. Minnesota, and then obviously, with unfortunately, got hurt and couldn't play against Northwestern the next week. But right. had he been, it could have been like a really, really strong finish for him. I mean, he was, he only had 250 yards. Yeah. He played against Illinois, too, I guess. Um, yeah. I thought this was more of a game where just like he like legitimately just like put the team on his back because there were so many times, especially at this point in the year, where the offensive line was just an absolute patchwork. Um, well, and then like could be. The, the first quarter, neither team wanted to do anything. No, I mean, Zeneman, I, mean, I think had a pick on like what, like the fourth, third play of the game. Yep, returned it to like the twenty. Yep, and then no <laughs> missed a thirty-yard field goal or something. Yeah, 
uh, the first couple drives resulted in nothing. So I texted you guys like because I was then Indiana score and I was like, man, seven feels insurmountable right now. Then, of course, yeah. we come then right then, down and score and then Tanner shoves it in my face. Um, open in the second half, both teams defense. I don't know if defenses were gassed at the end of those crappy seasons or what. I mean, Purdue's yeah. defense definitely made a lot more plays, but uh, I think when when IU went up ten in the fourth, I think it was in the fourth. Mm-hmm. It was a field goal. Tanner, you were worried. I was worried. Mm-hmm. Tanner said Tanner said he's not worried, and then I was worried. <laughs> I, was, I was worried. I was like, I don't know. I think there was only like ten minutes left or something, and yeah, I mean, two great drives. Yeah, and then you obviously Hudson, kind of that final drive, um, did what he did all game, which was just kind of avoiding catastrophic sacks. He, he I don't understand how we got away from those. No, there were a couple. <laughs> I don't remember in the third quarter, maybe it was in the fourth, when he got sandwiched. Yeah, and then popped out of it, and then broke another tackle like on the <laughs> sideline, and then got like a first down and something stupid. Yeah, with a cracked rib. Um, so that was pretty incredible. And then obviously caps off with a run to score to go up late in the game, and then I mean, scorting in that last play of the game to get the. Uh, I thought he jumped off. <laughs> I thought he did. as soon as as soon as the play happened, I was like, I was like, man, he because I I saw it. And I, I waited a second because I was watching it with my wife, who's a Hoosier, and then I was watching it with my mom as well. And um, I saw it happen. I was like, I like wait a second. I was like, he definitely jumped off sides, like yeah, right. And he, then like I saw the replay, and I was like, oh, he actually timed that like incredibly he, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm shocked they didn't call it. Yeah. It, looked like, it looked like off sides. <laughs> Rough jump, yeah. Um, like, well, I guess that was the other side of it. Didn't did you? I think was Tanner. You were at the game, so Tanner must have been. Did you? What did you think of the the punt? There was the other one that was fourth and four. IU, IU was punting, and IU guy false had a it was a so false start. I, IU, but they called it offsides. Purdue. Yeah, I had actually and gave them out. the first down. Okay. I, had, I said I was going to get food. Uh, I was uh, listening to it. Um, because I think I I only pull I could pull I only could pull the IU broadcast um Ooh. in our hometown, and so like I was like because I think no I think what happened was like so I got to the place and then like it was fourth down I went in got the food and it came back out and now you still have the ball and I was like wait a minute what the heck just happened I think it was like they had like just called the play um yeah so I missed that part but um, it wasn't like a super obvious false start um. But, like, the TV broadcasters were like, yeah, that's a false start. And just, <laughs> they're never in Purdue's favor. So, I mean, they're, no, they're, right. it must have been really bad, I guess. I don't know. But still, I don't know. Um, that was when I got – that was when – that might have – that one's when IU went down and went up 10. And that's mm-hmm. when I was like, crap. Yeah. Not good. Um, yeah, Hudson finished 21 for 34, 275, three touchdowns, no interceptions, uh, only one sack, even though he got hit. I don't have the stat, but he got hit a billion times back there. Um, yeah. he led the team in rushing <laughs> 12 rushes for 97 yards, uh, one touchdown at the end. Uh, Tyron Tracy, who I think, uh, Tom Dean already said he probably should have been a running back his entire collegiate yeah. career, uh, finished with for 11 for 55, Mockaby. Um, finished 1857. His kind of big play was the fourth, fourth and one play where Card faked the QB oh, sneak yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. which yeah, I saw, the wheel. 
The long yeah. touchdown. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, my favorite was just the on Twitter scene or X seeing people saying like got Purdue sucked at fourth and short for so yeah. long, just said yeah. that beauty of a play. Yeah. Yeah. was running it up the counter up the middle on fourth and one for eleven games just to do that. Yeah. Uh then uh yeah. Dylan Dowling two for thirteen, Dion Burks two for one, uh with a loss of five. Um and then receiving I mean, we had, we I mean, obviously we threw for two seventy five, but no one eclipsed uh, triple digits. Uh, Dion Burks led the way with seven for eighty seven, no touchdowns. Uh, George Burning, the freshman, um, kind of coming out party with uh, just a depleted. Is that, was that his first catch? So his first catch came in the game. Um, I yeah, thought I, mean, I heard yeah. someone say that his first catch was the touchdown. I know I said something to you and Tanner in, the, in our text message. Um, but I think, um, uh, that his first, I think he had a catch and then like, well, his like second or third catch was, it was the touchdown. Yeah. Um, but he, I don't know if it's the hair and the number in the eighties, but I'm getting some John Staniford vibes just from the you know, tall, lanky receiver. I don't know if that's, I don't know if you're, I think you're he's a tight end. That. Huh? I think he's a tight end, but he's, yeah. he, I mean, he, he's built like a receiver. Um, yeah, with, uh. Uh, Miller going down with an, another yeah, leg no, injury was really I, tough to I see. It, I think it was said Achilles or ankle, actually. Oh, I thought geez. I saw. So not sure what his future holds. He could come back technically, but you don't know with that. Um, yeah. yeah, George, five for seven for a touchdown. Devin yeah. Mockaby, one for 38, and it was a, it was a great one catch. Um, yeah. Jaron Tibbs from Indianapolis, the freshman, three for 27. Uh, Jaden Dixon Veal, three for 24. Drew Bibber one for sixteen, and Garrett Miller one for six, and Tyron Tracy one for three. So just definitely kind of a spread it out. That's for sure. Um, and on the defensive side, you know, just not if you heard this before, but Dylan Thieneman led the team in tackles. Um, also had what he had two picks, two picks. The, to now he tied Stu Schweiger's freshman record, and then he broke it. And, uh, so yeah. yeah, I mean, just an incredible freshman campaign by him. I mean. You know, I've, I've said this before, we're going back to the beginning of the year. I wasn't even sure because I feel like we didn't hear about him a whole lot coming out of camp. And I was like, man, I hope he doesn't get buried in the depth chart with all these transfers we got coming in or all these, you know, f- you know, I hope he doesn't get scared off by all the, you know, the 24 commits that we've got that are defensive backs. And after the first games, like, I don't think he's going to be scared off by anybody because he's, he's, <laughs> he's got that position down, locked down for as long as he's at Purdue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who else? I mean, it, it was needed, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kydron Jenkins had six tackles, uh, two solo. Nick Scorton, six tackles, four solo, including the big one at the end that two, led two to sacks. the. Huh? Two sacks for Scorton, too. Yeah. Did he lead the Big Ten? I two think sacks. he did because that was the whole thing was just like when. And he's second team all Big Ten. Second team all Big Ten. It's like, yeah. like, like, I mean, what do you have to do aside from play for Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State? Like, like, what do you have to, like, what did you have to do to, to be first team all Big Ten? Um, Boiler Max going back, talking about Carr. He got almost tackled three times and still made a completion downfield. Yeah, he, yeah, he was a, he was a gamer. Um, I know, like, I think before the game, reading on like Golden Black, they're talking about, you know, like with some of these, especially with a new staff and new players, like you wonder how these guys who don't know about, you know, the rivalry, how they, you know, how they show up in a rivalry type game. And Hudson did really, really well. And <coughs> given this, given the circumstance of the fact that he's got a cracked rib, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Boilers end the season four and eight. Um, obviously not kind of, I'm trying to remember what we, I should have went back and looked at what we predicted to start the year. I think, I feel like I had, you know, uh, I think four and eight was my floor. Um, I think six or seven wins was my ceiling. Um, yeah. But now, I think, now season, yeah, season's over. What's kind of your uh, overall thoughts? I mean, they didn't give up, which was yeah. good to see. And then also the last – even I know even as bad as the Northwestern game was offensively without card and the two freshmen, redshirt freshmen that hadn't – neither had had a pass. I don't think Meredith had thrown a pass before that. Um, no. Anyway, I didn't have court either. I was pretty, yeah, I was pretty encouraged with that offensive improvement the last. Oh, even I even honestly, the, the Northwestern game that moved the ball pretty well was just yeah, couldn't finish drives and then some. I think three picks for Brown and um, but really, yeah, the last three, the last three games, that's what I was kind of was. I mean, put up a ton of points. Forty nine against Minnesota, again throwing out the Northwestern game, but I feel like they they had three hundred rushing yards. Yeah, I thought I saw a stat that said, I'm pretty sure the fo- the football account tweeted out that Purdue led the conference in rushing in conference play, which is... Jeff Brown would never. <laughs> Jeff Brown would never. Um, yeah, the Big Ten's number one rushing attack in conference play averaged 184.6 yards per game. I guess when you have two games of over 300 yards, that really helps. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what they have. Well, I mean, also when when your quarterback is 85 rushing yards against IU, right. and that was, that was did you send that? I don't know. They tweeted out. I I would not have gotten this. Maybe did you see the stats that I think Purdue tweeted out last quarterback with 275 passing yards and 85 rushing yards in a game? I think so. Wasn't it Breeze? It was. I, was like, yeah. I would never. I would not have guessed Breeze. Yeah. Especially at yeah, the rushing, just because. Would have said like, like Henry or Marv or something. Yeah, Marv probably been my guess, just because. Yeah, Henry didn't throw a whole lot that much. I no, but I would have thought maybe he had like against like Central Michigan where he threw. Right. He had, yeah. Had like a seventy-yard touchdown in there. Um, Boiler Max comments, uh, which appreciate you guys checking in with us. Um, is Jenkins eligible for another year? The answer is yes, and. Based off a post he made on Instagram, it sounds like he is coming back. Um, so that's good news. You know, we kind of was kind of my worry going into the offseason of guys like him and Scorton. Um, I mean, in the world of NIL and transfer portal, I mean, those guys have to be getting some really good offers. I mean, out. I mean, when Braden Smith, Braden Smith had a really good freshman year, and reports were that Gonzaga was offering thousands of dollars tampering yeah. or not who knows but yeah what would you what would i will just say two all big 10 defensive players right know, even though jenkins was honorable mention honorable but, mention which again didn't make sense yeah. um tanner was yeah. looking forward to uh going off on the big 10 so we'll have to just postpone that for <laughs> next week um yeah i mean the fact that it sounds like scorton will be back um gus harberg's gonna be back he made that, that official um, and yeah, Jenkins, if we can, yeah, the fact that we can keep those three guys, um, that'd be huge just for 
a building block going into next year, especially mm-hmm. I mean Har- Harwick for sure, just because it just adds some stability to an offensive line that needs a lot of help and a lot of help that depth. Um, that obviously cool. Jenkins and and Scorton yeah. can kind of be the you know, the foundation of that defense, and then you got Thieneman in the backfield. So just add like you can just add a couple different pieces in there in the defense. I mean, defense played really well down the stretch. Um, definitely something they were kind of getting, they were kind of clicking towards the end. So that, that was good to see. So hopefully that just adds to, I mean, just having these guys who have been what in was, it. What was with the first drive of the game? It seems like the first drive, the offense <laughs> just walked down the field. And then, yeah. after, and then they got nothing for like two and a half yeah. hours. So they had to wake up or just kind of yeah. get a feel for what was going on. But yeah, I mean, that happened like, like, like three or four games in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so nice to have some of those guys back. Um, obviously, we've seen a ton of guys go into the portal. You know, obviously, the most notable one being Dion Burks, which was, you know, bummer to see, which I, doesn't mean he can't come back. Um, but essentially, when you go into the portal, your your scholarship is no longer guaranteed. So they pretty would all of a sudden get a bunch of receivers and he wanted to come back. It may not be the case. Um, I mean, I was bummed to see him go in. Sheffield was the one that was maybe not surprising but kind of disappointed because it happened right. It happened during the week prior not to the IU game. game. Yeah. yeah, he would have been able to you know go through senior year or senior day festivities. I'm pretty sure. Um, so that that was a bit of a bummer because it's not like he cleaned up his locker before you know leading up to the game anyway. So that was a bummer. Um, yeah, with 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 Burks, I don't know, like, because I feel like I mean, he obviously he was you know our number one wide receiver, but I feel like he's definitely better suited for as a slot. Um, so I'm wondering if um, you know, if we can get, I mean, obviously we had the FAU kid who got hurt for the year, but you know, if adding a few pieces, you know, bigger wide receivers, you know, and because I feel like he kind of was playing out of position a little bit just because he had to because we had <laughs> no one else. Yeah. Um, I wonder if maybe that might, you know, entice him to come back. I don't know, or if he's just yeah. And I mean, and yeah, maybe it is just to, I'm gonna put myself out there and see what offers I get. Yeah, I mean, uh, is, is this the second year of like nil transfers, right? Uh, third. Third. Okay. Yeah, because it, it started summer of twenty one, I believe. That's when it started. Because, like you said, maybe there's no there's no guarantee you hold your scholarship. But if you're mm-hmm. like, hey, you're the number one wide receiver on a team that's like completely turning the roster over, he might be like, there's probably a good chance that I can come back. But maybe it. I mean, I wonder if I know um, Brady Allen went in the portal and then came back to Purdue and then did eventually transfer after the spring. Right. But, um, I wonder how often that does happen where guys enter the portal and then pull out. Um, mm-hmm or come back to their to their existing schools almost like they're shopping and then it's like bargaining basically if you can say, oh yeah hey, it's it's free agency where's, where's from? is he from michigan or something where's he from i can't remember i thought anyway, wow, i was they kentucky um, uh, well he's like oh well hey tennessee's gonna offer me three hundred thousand. purdue like you gotta up your two hundred thousand right. to match this i'll come back i don't know he's from michigan he's from belleville michigan yeah um but yeah, but uh, Boiler Max asks, does anyone know how much the NIL Collective has as a secret? Got to get the big boys paid. Um, I have no idea um, how much is out. I mean, I, I'm sure they I, try to keep it somewhat of a secret. Um, I wonder if it's a nonprofit, which a lot of them were tried to set up that way, then right. their tax return should be public information. 
Um, <laughs> the CPA is on it. Um, yeah, I mean, you definitely I mean that's and you know Walters hasn't been shy to talk about it. You know, obviously, um, I think there's definitely the structure in place, but I mean, you see, you know, especially I mean the big boys and of college football. Like, I mean, I, who was it? Um, was it Matt Rule came out and said you got to you got to pay a million dollars for a legit QB one? Oh yeah, I heard it. So it's that. just like I mean, and that kind of goes to boil actually another. <laughs> Back to, no, it's just he's trying to go to Scott Frost, Nebraska quarterbacks complaining, or Nebraska right. coaches complaining. Yeah, the Boilermax says it'd be weird to give out an NIL to get new transfer players and not give our current players a cut of the collective funds. No, well, you're definitely right. But that there's was, that. That was the issue with basketball when Nigel Pack went to Miami mm-hmm. when you're like, oh, Nigel Pack's going to get six or $700,000 or whatever it yeah. was. And then they've got the other point guard that was their starters. Like, what the heck? Right, Isaiah Wong, yeah. Well, yeah. then we were talking – this was even before Edie became National Player of the Year, but it was like – because like, we even talked about it. It's like, you know, if, if we – if Purdue did that for Nigel Pack, and it's like, what you know, what if someone like Zach Edie, who had been there two years, is like, well, hold on. Like, I've been here two years busting my butt. Like, you know, I'm only making, you know – I mean, obviously, they're making great, they're great money. Like, really like people mad. Yeah, but then Zach Edie turned to Zach Edie, and he's making – He's been good money, but yeah, I definitely kind of agree there, Boiler Max, with what you're saying. But it just sounds like I think um, as a lot of a lot of schools have set up. I know they've got some stuff where, like, there's been some sponsors or whatever that like essentially like gives every scholarship player a certain amount as a baseline. I want to say I remember reading something back, and this is basketball, so it's you know obviously a smaller roster. But I want to say I read last year that like there was someone that was funding like where every single scholarship player was getting like I'm pretty sure like six figure deals. Um, Wasn't there something, something like? Close. Is it like the state of Missouri doing something with high school too? <laughs> yeah, the state of Missouri. If they commit to a in-state school, they can start earning NIL as and a high, high school. schooler. And so I, it's I like, think it's, I don't know if they earn. I think like the state pays them. Oh really? Getting, I think they're like guaranteed something. I, I thought. Yeah, it's yeah, it's. It's the wild west between transfer portal and then the obviously NIL. Um, yeah, Thad Mooney says Texas was giving all players 50, 50k last year. So yeah, there's. Um, I mean, it sounds like reading you know some reports on Golden Black. It sounds like you know the Boilermaker Alliance might have gotten a nice donation to kind of help get things going from a collective standpoint. Because um, then, like, I mean, it goes into I don't. I'm not a part of the John Purdue club and all that kind of stuff. And obviously then you got the T the new big 10 TV media deal. Um, you know, it's like, where does that money go? What's that going towards? Um, which obviously as of right now, I don't think schools can't technically use that kind of stuff for NIL. I don't think, um, but at this point, like what's the NCAA going to do um, at this point? Um, but yeah, it's, it's wild. It's cause like, you know, like, you know, I know like Walter said, I think before the season was like, you know, don't, we don't, our facilities are great. Don't donate to, to get new facilities, yeah. donate to the collective. Cause we got to get some dudes, uh, which I, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I've seen a lot of people complain about it and I totally get it. Like, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, it is what it is. And, you know, if you don't want to pay it, it's fine, but you know, don't get mad when your school can't compete because, you know, there's, there's nothing to give kids. Cause this is the kind of the, the new way. But, but yeah, I figured before we, I know you got to get going here soon, Eiler. We can, uh, it's championship week in college football, even though I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I'm kind of done with football. As, <laughs> I, as, much, 
as much as I'd like to see Iowa beat Michigan, I think Michigan's going to win by like 40. Yeah. Um, so just looking at kind of top 25, um, starting Friday, you've got Conference USA Championship between New Mexico State and Liberty. Number 24, Liberty, they're 11-point favorites. I'm just going to go ahead and say Liberty's going to win that one. Yeah. Um, definitely the the game on Friday, Pac-12 Championship, 8 o'clock on ABC, 8 o'clock Eastern, I should say. Number five, Oregon versus number three, Washington. Oregon's a 10-point favorite. Who do you got in that? Uh, 10 seems like a lot. It does. Especially Is since... Is Penix hurt uh, or something? Sure. Is Penix hurt or something? I don't think so. I think just Bo Nix has been playing really well as of late. We're the Huskies. we go Jamarcus Shepard's... Uh... I'm gonna go Oregon. Uh, Bonix is playing like a Heisman front runner, so I'm gonna stick with the Ducks. Um, Big 12 championship on Saturday at noon on ABC. Number 18 Oklahoma State versus number seven Texas. Uh, Texas is a 15 and a half point favorite. (laughs) I know really nothing about these two teams. Let's see who Texas Texas one loss was Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, Texas. I don't know. Yeah. SEC championship, uh, number one, Georgia versus number eight, Alabama at four o'clock Eastern on CBS. Georgia's a five and a half point favorite. Alabama's playing a lot better, right? Yeah. I mean, they got lucky in the Iron Bowl last week of yeah. that yeah. Hail Mary of a uh, <laughs> On fourth and 31, fourth and goal yeah. from the 31. Yeah. Um, I think Georgia. They, I think yeah. Georgia rolls in this one. Um, oh boy, uh, ACC championship! You've got uh, number fourteen Louisville coming off a bad loss to Kentucky against number four Florida State. Florida State's a one and a half point favorite, and their starting quarterback obviously is out. Yeah, who just won ACC offensive player of the year? I think. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> um. I would love Florida State to win with a backup quarterback, but yeah, I feel like Jeff Brown's team would rise to that now that he's got some paid players. Yeah, I think I think Louisville wins. I unfortunately think they do too. Um, and then the final uh, East versus West Big Ten championship. Uh, fortunately, the last year of the Big Ten West and all of its glory. Mm-hmm. Number two Michigan versus number sixteen Iowa. <laughs> Michigan's eight. Is Harbaugh still suspended, or is it just a regular season? I think he can coach this game, yeah. I think. I thought it was just a regular um, season. 8 o'clock on Fox. Michigan is a 22-point favorite. What is the over-under on this game? 35 and a half. And a half. <laughs> so Michigan's going to score, yeah. I think Michigan, yeah. Um, I think Michigan covers that. Yeah, I think it's like... The only way they don't is if Iowa somehow returns a punt for a touchdown, and then they sit on the ball, and Michigan only scores four touchdowns or something. Yeah, I'm saying it's like a 30-6 to six game. Uh, they hit the over, barely. Just because, I, uh... I, I don't think Iowa scores. I think they get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, there were some pretty bad – we should talk about that real quick. Some of the really bad Big Ten – maybe I'm thinking of like the early – was it Leaders and Legends when that started like 2000 – 11, 12. 11, yeah, when, when Nebraska joined. Yep. 
when Nebraska and Rutgers joined. I can't even tell you. Like there was some there was some way to remember what they were because it was like all the M's uh, and then uh, like no yeah, idea. I can't remember, but it was that was stupid. And then yeah, the East versus West was just such a lopsided. Didn't, didn't Nebraska just get absolutely smoked one year by like Michigan State or something? I thought uh, I I just have a recollection they lost like fifty to three or something. Um, I know that yeah, because they made it the one time it was before it was before the East and West. Um, it was oh yeah, it was seventy-two um, to thirty-one. December twenty twelve. Wisconsin scoring seventy. <laughs> Jeez. And that was that's with Nebraska scoring fourteen in the fourth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it was, for the longest time it was essentially like Ohio State versus Wisconsin. For the long, for a long time, so it was just always like, oh, downtown Indy's going to be painted red between mm-hmm. the Scarlet of Ohio State and the red of Wisconsin. Yeah. Then Iowa made a couple appearances, and obviously Michigan made some appearances. Uh, Purdue did last year against Michigan. Um, so yeah, it's going to be that's a, elite, that's elite company for Purdue to be in. It is, yeah. I, I remember when it when we clinched, talking to my dad, I was like, God, we got to play Michigan. He's like, Well, we should go because we're never going to make it again. <laughs> and we went. It was fun. For a half and some change. Wait, the day, the day was fun. Yeah, it was. Um, I know you got to get going here. Um, any thoughts? I know you didn't get a chance to watch the basketball game. Um, yeah, let's just, talk about Northwestern. I just thinking. I'm, I'm remembering last year's debacle. Oh God, yeah. Uh, I was thinking about that when we came on. I was. I think I had to. I don't know why. I had to leave. We were at a Christmas party or something, so I had to go get stuff like mm-hmm. toward the end of that game. I think I was in my car when it finished, mm-hmm. but I was at like Kroger listening to it. And I remember like, like I was, I had to Purdue, like to the varsity sports network or something. I was listening to the Purdue guys and your texts and watching and like walking through the store, like trying to find like a veggie tray and looking at Twitter <laughs> and just getting more and more and more angry. Yeah, it was, I mean, you, like obviously number one going next week, I think we had, just lost it. I think we had just lost Indiana, but we still stayed. We stayed number one, and then we went to. I think we went to Northwestern next. I think, um, and that was like you know that place was rocking. You had like Andy Katz in the student section, essentially openly cheering for Northwestern. You had Dave Revson on the call, who's a Northwestern grad. It was just like it just felt like the like it was set up to like that like everybody was cheering for Northwestern, and then yeah the you know it was essentially it was a like cage match, um, you know, they could do whatever they wanted to Edie. They were just beating the crap out of her, just really any of the players. And I know we, I think we had the lead going into like the final, like five minutes and we kind of just, yeah, just kind of just that fell apart. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't want to look it up. I'm, I'm kind of over. I just want, I think, yeah, I think I saw Purdue opened as an eight point favorite. I don't know what it's Something right like now. that. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously this Northwestern team, not as, I mean, they, they return, they returned boo booey. Um, they did lose Adige, which was a huge part of that team last year, especially from a defensive standpoint. Um, you know, Bowie's, and they go as boo booey goes, he's averaging 18 and a half, shooting 47% from the field. Um, one thing that's kind of a, an emerger for them is their second leading scorer is uh, Brooks Barnheiser, who's actually a Lafayette native. Um, he is a junior, um, he's averaging 15. Right now and shooting, I mean, he's shooting 27% from three, but he's been playing really well. Um, 
yeah, yeah, they got Tyberry back, but yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see how this game is officiated compared to last year. Hopefully, and what I've liked about this Purdue team now is whether it was the first game of the year against Sanford or um, the game that night against Texas Southern, it seemed like they just came out and just like took care of business. Where I felt like last year's team, I mean, obviously again we weren't expecting anything out of that team, but then like when they you know got the spotlight on it, it was kind of like they weren't really like they didn't feel like they were you know the hunter. Yeah or the hunted. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's kind of feels like they're just like, all right, like we're legit. Like, like don't play with their food sort of thing. And I mean, Texas give credit to Texas Southern. They played pretty well the other night. And then, I mean, from not scoring the first to the first media timeout to keeping it within around the 10, 10 point margin until the end of the first half. Um, and that's, I mean, that was essentially that, that was a one versus 16 matchup. I mean, Texas Southern was a 16 seed last year before losing the FDU um, in the play in game. Um, but it was nice to see Purdue just kind of assert their dominance. I'm really hoping they can do that tomorrow night um, yeah. and just kind of yeah. take the crowd out of it. Um, I think I would assume maybe Lance Jones guards Boo Booey, which I really like that matchup. I'm also anxious to see how Lance plays because he's an Evanston native. Um, so hopefully that gives him anthem. I'm loving Lance Jones so far, just the energy he brings and the confidence he brings and the fact that first play of the game he takes a three and while's at its apex he turns around and is like jawing at the texas southern bench and splashes it um that was awesome to see um but yeah hopefully he just brings i think just another a different attitude and dynamic to this team that we obviously we desperately needed last year mm-hmm. yeah. but i won't i think i think pretty wins by they're doing their blackouts. I think that I saw a thing on Twitter of like pretty fans wear gold to stand out because hopefully they we turn that place into Mackie North. Um, yeah, they're, they're doing their blackout against a team that predominantly wears black, so it's, it'll be interesting again. Um, hey, yeah, I mean, guy, big 10 season like, are you? They gotta take their pictures on the stadium full. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the so starts the December gauntlet. I mean, we got. Uh, Northwestern. We have Iowa on Monday. Um, then we have um, Alabama up in Toronto next Saturday. We have um, Arizona the following Saturday um, in Indy. Uh, then we we kind of coast towards the end with Jacksonville and Eastern Kentucky to end the month at, uh, before and after Christmas. But yeah, these next four games are going to be mm-hmm. a gauntlet, but. I mean, they just got through a gauntlet. They're in the middle right, of exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's already started. Yeah, so it's. I mean, this will be if Purdue can get these next four. Whew, man, it's gonna be. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. Yeah. Um, any closing thoughts before you hop off, and I can take care of some ad reads. No, just like you said, just kind of revenge for the Northwestern debacle from last year is all I'm hoping mm-hmm. for. This is a, this is a tough uh, Big Ten opener for this team. Um, just because I feel like normally we've usually opened up like at home against Nebraska, Nebraska. Or, or been at Nebraska or something. It's like, man, this Northwest. I mean, Northwestern, I don't think they're as good as last year, but um, it's still there. I they're think gotten, they, they overachieved and were lucky yeah, last year. They had a really hot stretch where they beat Purdue IU, and that kind of propelled them into the tournament, and they um, kind of fizzled towards the end. Because yeah. there was a point they were like, they were like, you know, they could win the Big Ten if, you know, Purdue keeps losing, and they didn't. <laughs> And then play one by three games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, good to see you, Yeah. 
Absolutely, man. Thanks for hopping on. All right, and I will end here with some ad reads. Um, like it every week, uh, the Boiler Breakdown is brought to you by Mad Mush, home of the original cheese stick. Um, if you find yourself on campus, you know, hey, tomorrow, we've got a late game, 9 o'clock tip, um, unless it's later because the, the IU games before it, if it goes late. Um, it could be a later tip, but if you're looking for some food, uh, make sure you check out Mad Mush on campus. And this is actually, I mean, it won't matter tomorrow, but today, last day of November, is the last day for the pizza of the month. So if you're listening to this live right now, there's still time to grab yourself pizza of the month, which is uh, Tristan's Thanksgiving feast uh, for the month of November, which is turkey gravy topped with corn, savory stuffing, hickory smoked turkey, and mozzarella and cheddar cheeses finished with parsley. Starting at $14. And remember, whenever you go to Mad Mush, uh, make sure you tell them that we sent you. Um, for a discount, or you can also get um, use the code break five if you're if you're ordering online, and you can get five dollars off any order over twenty dollars. So if you're looking, if you're getting some food tomorrow, get the the new pizza of the month, which we'll find out tomorrow. Um, get some cheese sticks, um, or go and stop in and see them. Tell them Boiler Breakdown sent you. Grab some cheese sticks, grab some beer, um, have some fun. We appreciate Mad Mush for sponsoring us once again this year, and then the. We're also happy to have, once again this year, is the shop. Uh, the shop's been bringing hometown apparel to us since 2011, since our humble beginnings um, in a garage, and now having two brick-and-mortar stores uh, in the Indianapolis area, one in Broad Ripple, one in the Carmel area. Um, if you know For the the Hoosier, the Boilermaker, the Bull, Bulldog, the, the, the Paw Fan, Wabash, you know, Pacer, Colts, they've got everything for you, especially this holiday season coming up. Um, you know, you stop in and see them, or if you want to order online at theshopindie.com, use the promo code BREAKDOWN for 25% off your first order. Again, we appreciate them um, being on board once again. Happy to have them. Great people. They make great shirts. They make great products. Uh, we're happy to have them. Uh, well, I want to thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Um, so I know we kind of had to scramble last minute. Tanner's under the weather. We're sad we couldn't have him tonight. And appreciate Andrew hopping on. Uh, he wasn't sure he was going to be able to right away. Um, I'm glad to be back. Uh, Boilers start Big Ten play tomorrow night, uh, 9 o'clock Eastern on Big Ten Network against the Northwestern Wildcats. Definitely, you know, it's revenge time uh, for some of these games. Um, you know, the quest for 26 starts tomorrow. Let's boil up, hammer down, beat the Wildcats. And uh, thank you guys for joining us. Have a good one.